everybody. Jim Williams, Newstalk Florida Washington Bureau Chief, and this is a very special edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast, which you are listening to on News Talk Florida or Blog Talk Radio. And our guest is Alan Steinberg, of course. And Alan, you know from News Talk Florida is fine writings. And Alan, welcome. Glad to be here as always, uh, Jim. Uh, the reason we called this special is Alan has some tremendous insight on something that's going to be national very, very soon and could in some regards have an impact on the presidential race, and that is Bridgegate. It happened in New Jersey, and I'll let Alan Steinberg pick up the story. Alan, for those out there who do not know what Bridgegate is all about, please explain. Bridgegate, Jim, was a situation where the top aides in the governor's office, utilizing the uh, Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. And that's Governor Chris Christie, correct? That's Governor Chris Christie, yes. Managed to create a traffic jam in Fort Lee around the time of September 11th, uh, 2013, in the middle of the uh, campaign, Christie's reelection campaign for governor. Now, this was done as a retaliation against the mayor of uh, Fort Lee, which is adjoining the George Washington Bridge, uh, Mark Sokolik. And that's where the uh, traffic jam was created because they blocked access lanes uh, in and out of uh, Fort Lee's three special lanes. Now, at the time this happened, uh, Christie's office was trying to get him as large as possible a uh, victory by getting endorsements of North Jersey mayors who were Democrats. He was planning his run for the presidency. Uh, a lot of people, uh, I was not one of them, but many people thought that he was going to have a great candidacy. Uh, so he did manage to get the endorsement of some North Jersey mayors. Mayor Sokolik when, uh, was not among them. And so his aides, Christie's aides, uh, particularly a key aide of his at the Port Authority, David Wildstein, uh, who has pleaded guilty already, decided to get revenge against this mayor or else to put him uh, pressure on him to make him change his endorsement. Uh, so the uh, under the guise of a phony traffic study, they created this traffic jam at the Washington, George Washington Bridge. That was why it was called Bridgegate. And these lane closures uh, took place for three days. Now, after uh, this came to light, there was an effort to cover it up. And the question is, just like in Watergate, what did Chris Christie know, and when did he know about it? Well, part of that question was answered at the beginning of the trial this week of two of his top aides. Uh, one was Bridget Kelly, uh, who was working as the deputy chief of staff in the governor's office, who had sent out an email saying, time for some traffic uh, problems in Fort Lee. And the other was Bill Baroni, who, if I may make a full disclosure, he's a friend of mine. Not an intimate friend, but we've been, you know, had a good relationship down through the years. Uh, Bill Baroni was a former state senator uh, who was the uh, deputy executive director at the uh, Port Authority. The two top New Jersey positions are the chairmanship of the Port Authority, uh, which at that time was Dave Sampson, who as to other charges recently uh, pleaded guilty, having something not having to do with Bridgegate, and uh, Bill Baroni. Now, uh, David Wildstein was the governor's representative. You know, he was the governor's uh, hitman, so to speak over at the Port Authority, really his political enforcer, and he's already pleaded guilty. Now, I know David Wildstein well because he used to go under the pseudonym of Wally Edge 
and run the website, Politicker NJ, and I was a writer for that website. And uh, all this came to light, and the U.S. Attorney's Office in uh, New Jersey, as I mentioned before, indicted Wildstein, who pleaded guilty, and in- indicted also uh, Bridget Kelly and, uh, and Bill Brony. Now, the key thing about Chris Christie <laughs> took place this week. In the opening statement of the U.S. attorney prosecuting the case, and the U.S. attorney said that Chris Christie knew of these lane closures while they were taking place and evidently did nothing about them, which in effect made him a participant in the crime. Now, the question is, why wasn't he indicted? And according to people who spoke, uh, journalists like Tom Moran, who is the editor of the Star-Ledger, one of New Jersey's top newspapers, he interviewed people in the U.S. Attorney's Office and got the sense that they felt Christie was complicit in all this, but they did not have enough to uh, convict him beyond a reasonable doubt because it would all be verbal testimony against him. But uh, certainly he would fit into the notion of being involved in a conspiracy, and I think this trial is going to totally destroy his political image in New Jersey. Uh, he's has terribly low ratings now as a governor. His approval rating is down to 23%. And uh, he also, in the presidential primaries that hurt him, he got uh, clobbered in just about every single primary. But here's where it has consequences for Donald Trump. He named Chris Christie to head his uh, transition team. Now, it will be very easy for Hillary Clinton to say, hey, do you want a person coming into the White House, possibly as the chief of staff, like Chris Christie, who we know was involved in abuses of power in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Is that what you want? And that will uh, go very heavily against Donald Trump. Now, as of today, Trump has already said that he's defending Christie. He's standing by him. But if Trump wins, I guarantee you something, two things. He won't be able to get Christie confirmed for anything, but he's going to want Christie as his chief of staff because he wants a hitman. He wants a henchman to do all his dirty work. So Chris Christie, who got clobbered in the primaries, is viewed as a failure as governor of New Jersey, may find himself as a chief of staff, one of the most powerful people in the country. And I think that's something that uh, the uh, critics of Trump, like myself, will definitely use against him over the next few weeks. That's Alan Steinberg, as you're listening to us on the Politically Incorrect uh, podcast today. A little special edition. Uh, Alan, Tell us a little bit about that. You have worked for the state of New Jersey uh, at some of the highest levels under Christy Todd Whitman running the Meadowlands Sports Complex, and you're fully the aware. Commission, yes. Oh, sorry, commission. Uh, so you're fully aware of how New Jersey politics works as a card-carrying Republican, as is Governor Christie. Uh, so you're not a Democrat with an axe to grind here. You're trying to give us everything no, not at all. straight out. The, please explain to those people who are outside the country, or outside the country, outside the New York area, the importance of the George Washington Bridge and why just you know, something as sounds as silly as blocking a few lanes of traffic can develop into something as uh, massive as it has. The George Washington Bridge is a major artery leading in and out of both Manhattan and also to the outer boroughs like the Bronx and also the people in New Jersey who may work out in Long Island. The volume of traffic on the George Washington Bridge, I think, I don't have the figures in front of me, 
But I would guess that it's the highest volume of rush hour traffic of any bridge in the United States of America. Uh, during this traffic jam, somebody actually uh, died, someone who needed uh, emergency care. And it was just a catastrophe. It was on one of the first days of school as well. And at the time, you know, they were all saying, well, this was uh, not done for political reasons. Uh, this was as a result of a traffic study. Well, in the middle of all this, Mayor Sokolik uh, called up uh, the Port Authority and State Police. He said, hey, you're creating havoc here. And they said, well, it's all due to a traffic study. But when the emails uh, from Bridget Kelly were leaked, it was clear that it was part of a deliberate retaliation. Now, there's one other thing to keep in mind. One of the key people, although he wasn't indicted, but someone who was very involved in this, was Bill Stepien, who is Donald Trump's director of uh, basically his ground game. So Donald Trump is swimming in a swamp of Bridgegate. And now that Christie is being directly implicated, he won't be indicted, but he's directly implicated. This is a headache for Donald Trump. And I think the uh, Clinton campaign will uh, know how to use this. Uh, but the George Washington Bridge, like I said, is a major artery. You know, recently on Brian Williams' show on MSNBC, the 11th hour, Christie appeared. Christie appeared, as you know. And Brian, right, I saw it. Brian said straight up, do you think that Bridgegate is what cost you the vice presidency? And while he didn't come out and absolutely say it, uh, he certainly intimated that he felt that Bridgegate probably did cost him. Yes, I I saw that. I I heard what he said, and he's right. Uh, But having said that, uh, Christie has really, in in certain media circles, gotten a free ride. Every time I see Nicole Wallace interview him, I I get sick because she never asks him any kind of hardball questions. It's unreal. Uh, the day that his uh, top port authority aide, Dave Sampson, pleaded guilty to extorting from United Airlines uh, as the uh, chair of the port authority a flight that would go in and out of Columbia, South Carolina, Nicole Wallace, who I think is a terrible journalist, appeared on MSNBC, interviewed Chris Christie. She was totally a softball interview and never asked him a single question about it. So there are certain journalists that he's gotten away with murder with, but he's not going to be able to do this anymore. Uh, In effect, he is being uh, accused without an indictment of criminal behavior. And it's a question I have is how long will Trump stick with him? Uh, Because this could be a major factor costing him the election. It's already cost Chris Christie his political life. The only way that Chris Christie will have any continued viability is if Donald Trump is elected president and names him to a position like chief of staff not requiring uh, Senate approval. He won't be able to get Senate approval for dog catcher after this. And uh, it's a very it's a very serious abuse of power uh, scenario we have here. And uh, I, in New Jersey right now, uh, the newspapers are covering it intensely. The New York City television stations that cover New Jersey are covering it intensely. Uh, his credibility has, has been shattered totally. How long do you expect that this uh, investigative uh, trial will go on? About two and a half months. I want to go over. I'm going to tell you something funny. The attorney for uh, Bridget Ann Kelly, uh, one of the two defendants, is Mike Critchley. He has the reputation of being the finest cross-examiner of any trial lawyer in New Jersey. Now, they're going to 
one side or the other, I don't know which yet, is going to call Christie as a witness. I want to see Mike Critchley cross-examine him. I think he will eat Chris Christie for lunch with his cross-examining. I mean, the man lied for so long. He just lied blatantly. But I know him. I Look, I've had lunch with Chris Christie. I've been in discussions with Chris Christie. He's a guy, he was a good U.S. attorney in this sense. He knew what he didn't know. But he's got an ego as big as Mount Everest. And I one time, you know, he called me in. I was the former uh, administrator of Region 2 EPA, one of my environmental advice. But I found he really didn't want it because he thinks he, he knows everything. And as a result of this, he has a very high turnover in his cabinet. For many years, some cabinet positions weren't even uh, where went unfilled after the original person left. Uh, his he, As a governor, he's been a total disaster. Uh, you have the pension fund is going bankrupt. Transportation trust fund is going bankrupt. But I'll tell you what I think he will do. This is a man of irrepressible ambition. If Trump loses, this guy actually will dream of running for president, thinking he can pull the wool of the over the eyes of the country, and he'll reach out to the alt-right. He's reaching out to them right now. He came up with a school funding formula uh, that basically uh, deprives urban areas of the extra compensation they were getting due to certain court holdings. And the alt-right will love this type of thing. You know, it's the kind of formula that really wreaks havoc on the African-American and Hispanic communities in New Jersey. They're going to love him for this. I don't think he's ever going to be nominated for president. Uh, but nevertheless, I think that he will never lose his ambition. The guy has ambition that he makes Donald Trump look like a shrinking violet. <laughs> You're listening to Alan Steinberg on this special edition of the Politically Incorrect podcast on NewstalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com. We're going to step aside, take a short break, come back with Alan and talk a little bit more politics. So hang with us. Uh, Jim Williams, Alan Steinberg on the Politically Incorrect podcast. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Politically Incorrect podcast. I'm Jim Williams. Alan Steinberg is with us from the streets of New York today, sitting in a nice park somewhere up there. Uh, I'm singing East Side, West Side. (laughs) East Side, West Side, right, all around the town. All around the the town. The so, cops sing ring a rosy. A little bit of music on the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've just got finished with the uh, talking about uh, Bridgegate in New Jersey and, and part of the problems that it's going to have for uh, Chris Christie. Uh, now, Alan, uh, it's been kind of a an interesting week in your neck of the woods because of the um, – the bombing situation. Give me, a, give us a feel for what it's like on the ground in New Jersey, New York, uh, after this past weekend's uh, uh, attempts at uh, it's a little, multiple bombing. It's a little scary, and I'll tell you why. Uh, at the time, these bombings, I first found out about it last Saturday night, and I actually found out about it watching MSNBC, you know, a national network. Mm-hmm. I said to myself. I don't think this has been done at the direction of some foreign terrorist operation, but it definitely has been done by someone who is an ISIS uh, imitator. And that's what it turned out to be. Uh, But the question is, how many of these ISIS imitators are out there? And how did this person manage to get away? He was arrested yesterday. How did this person manage to get away with placing bombs in so many different places? 
these were very crude bombs, but they were capable of uh, killing people. Uh, we're very fortunate that more damage was not done. If these had been bombs actually uh, planted by uh, official ISIS people, you would have had whole city blocks wiped out and hundreds, maybe thousands of people. But it is scary. Uh, you have a sense in, in New Jersey, you, you really have to look around. Uh, people are looking around to see if there are suspicious packages lying around. Uh, people are uh, they are going about their business. Look, New Yorkers are an intrepid band. This is the greatest city in the world. I love New York. But people are looking around. It's not like they're living in fear, but they're uh, watching themselves. Actually, uh, I was quite impressed, frankly, how quickly the uh, New York City Police Department, the FBI, and the New Jersey Police were able to, you know, for all intents and purposes, wrap this up. I was impressed, too. But we have good police uh, forces here. We have good people, good career people who uh, run these police forces. Uh, I don't know what kind of impact this will have on a presidential race. I don't think, except for his Kool-Aid drinkers, I don't think there are independent, undecided voters who think that Donald Trump will bring an end to terrorism. Uh, I think that what we have to do is uh, combat terrorism as vigorously as possible. There aren't any easy answers. Uh, but I agree with Hillary Clinton that we shouldn't use rhetoric that ISIS can use in their recruiting uh, efforts, you know, such as anti-Islamic uh, words. All that does is feed a narrative that ISIS is using for uh, rank-and-file practitioners of Islam to get them to come over and act as terrorists on the grounds that uh, all of America is out to kill you. You know, uh, both of we've been to Israel. And we know what it's like over there when a bomb goes off and then sometime six, eight, ten hours later, you go back and you wouldn't know that anything happened. And uh, it's what I was impressed with as well, and hopefully you can speak to this a little bit, is how the citizens of both New York and New Jersey were out in force helping and in some cases, actually locating these devices and, and alerting police. Well, that's absolutely true. I'm very familiar with the city of Elizabeth. As you know, I'm an Orthodox Jew, and Elizabeth has the largest urban uh, Orthodox Jewish community in, in New Jersey, one of the largest in the country. And uh, the uh, Elizabeth is a wonderful city. And the mayor, Mayor Bolwich, who was on National TV, is a very good mayor. It's a, it's a great place. And People were concerned, uh, you know, they supposedly, this is to me the scariest part. Uh, the name, this person, I know his first name is Ahmed. I keep forgetting his last name. Uh, but the perpetrator, the alleged perpetrator of these crimes was a rank and file student in high school. And uh, he seemed to, you know, he was dating somebody. Evidently, you know, there was discussion of how intense his relationship was because his girlfriend became pregnant. But he seemed to be a guy into athletics, into dating. And all of a sudden, he became a religious zealot. And how that happened, uh, you know, we're still getting you know, revelations on that uh, up to this moment. Uh, but people are looking at this and they're saying, wow, this could happen to anybody. And that's what makes it a little scary. I, I must tell you something about Israel. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's one thing Trump has brought up I'm all, I, that may have some legitimacy, although maybe not the way he's doing it. And that's the issue of profiling. In Israel, they don't do racial profiling or anything like that. But they do profiling. I'll tell you a story. 
Uh, Israel's unreal. You can have a bombing, and within hours, people are on the streets again. I've never seen anything like it. I've been in Israel at the time when bombings took place. Uh, I have often said I feel safer in Israel than I do in New York. But I'll tell you a story. Years ago, I was at the King David Hotel. I was waiting to pick up a tour, and Yitzhak Shamir, the prime minister of Israel, was uh, coming down the stairs. And I was like about two feet away from him, and he was saying hello to people. And when I got back from the trip, I asked a friend of mine who was a member of the Israeli paratrooper forces. I said, nobody ever checked me out. I said, I, I could have shot him if I had a gun. And he said, well, did you shoot Shamir? I said, no, of course not. I didn't. You know, he's a hero, my first of all. And I'm not uh, I'm a uh, Zionist. I wasn't there to do harm to anybody. And he said, well, the Israeli intelligence and uh, police services know what you're going to do before you even do it. And they do a lot of profiling. And uh, it, it, it's something that should never be used against any one particular race. But I've thought of this in this context. When you go to the airports on a Sunday and you have uh, people who are in their 80s going to Florida and they have to go through all this security, it seems to be a tremendous waste of money and perhaps profiling in some way. I can't answer this. I'm not a security expert. But if there was a way to profile that was not uh, particularly racially based, it may be something uh, to consider. Well, yeah, if we could uh, figure out who they terrorists were before they uh, knew that would be a pretty amazing situation. So I don't know what the profiling aspect and the answer to that is either, but uh, it is, you know, look, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of different uh, scenarios played out and uh, police mm-hmm. all in up and down the I-95 corridor as well as everywhere will be ever vigilant because right now it's the soft targets that are the things that uh, seem to be, I mean, I've been in that Chelsea area a number of times that uh, got bombed this past weekend. And it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's kind of interesting because, as you know, Alan, it's not really, there's like two or three streets over had that been where it had been placed. They probably would have uh, killed maybe 10, 15 people minimum. And I'm certainly glad that nobody got hurt. Uh, but, But those bombs were placed, as you said earlier in the show. Uh, in such an odd kind of haphazard way, that, uh, I'm not sure that there was any rationale behind it. Yes, I, I agree with you. Well, this, as I said before, uh, this is a horrible phrase to use. Uh, this is an evil guy, but he wasn't a professional terrorist. He was just acting on his own. The really dangerous terrorists would have done far more uh, violently effective things. You well, know, Alan, he was I'll just t- some guy acting on his own. Absolutely, Alan. I'll tell you what. Let's uh, wrap things up today. Any final thoughts from you on uh, anything? It doesn't matter whether it's New Jersey related, but uh, anything on your mind as we get ready uh, to wrap things up here today? Yes, I think the debate on uh, Monday night is going to be all important. It'll be one of the few Monday nights where instead of watching football, I'll be watching a political debate. I think for Hillary Clinton, the key is to go out there, don't get rattled by anything Donald Trump says, and just demonstrate your uh, superior prowess on the issues. For Donald Trump, the game is to uh, get her to say something uh, that ends up being either a gaffe or embarrassing and somehow getting under her skin. Uh, I think both sides are aware of what they have to do, and uh, we're going to find out on uh, Monday night. All right, my friend. How do we get in touch with you on social media? 
On social media, you can contact me at asteinberg613 on Twitter, that is. Uh, my name on Facebook is Alan J. Steinberg. Uh, feel free to weigh in at uh, any time, and I always look forward to feedback. All right, and you will read all of our stuff on uh, NewstalkFlorida.com, and you're listening to the Politically Incorrect podcast with Jim Williams and Alan Steinberg on NewstalkFlorida.com and BlogTalkRadio.com. We hope you enjoyed this kind of uh, intimate look into what's going on in the New York, New Jersey area. This past week has been a, a very amazing one with Bridgegate and then, of course, the uh, the bombing situation, that, which is ongoing uh, in that investigation as we talk. Next uh, time around, hopefully, we'll know more about it. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. For Alan Steinberg, I'm Jim Williams, bidding you a good day. 